my mom won't be here for Easter this year. She's visiting a friend instead. This shouldn't make me sad. I mean, Easter isn't a big deal in our family. We don't even go to church. But regardless, I told my husband, I'm just sad that she isn't going to be here for Easter. I mean, I know that's just silly. My husband interrupted me and said, so what if it doesn't make sense? That's how you're feeling. Isn't that what you tell your clients? <laughs> yeah, it does drive me crazy when he uses my own words of advice against me. But this time, it was exactly what I needed to hear. I took a huge exhale and smiled for the first time that day. You're listening to The Happier Approach, the show that pulls back the curtain on the need to succeed, hustle, and achieve at the price of our inner peace and relationships. I'm your host, Nancy Jane Smith. After my mom announced that she was headed to visit a friend for Easter, I immediately felt disappointed and sad. And then my monger stepped in. I mean, what's the big deal? She's allowed to go to visit her friend. It isn't like you're a deeply religious family. You're just so uptight and rigid. My monger was off to the races, calling me too sensitive, too rigid, too traditionalistic, on and on and on. The rest of the day, when I would feel sad or disappointed, in would swoop my monger. I admit it. Even now, I'm a little embarrassed to share this story with you. My monger is still hammering me for being too sensitive. But here's the thing, and this is what I want to explore on today's episode. Feelings happen. Like my husband said, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. It's a feeling you're having. Today, we're continuing our deep dive into the F word. I talk about acknowledging your feelings as a key part of reducing anxiety. And in episode 119, I introduced the topic. Last week, I addressed two of the fears we have about feelings. And today, I want to dive deeper into this idea of feelings when they just don't seem appropriate. When we have high-functioning anxiety, we learn to compartmentalize those feelings, to put them in a box deep inside and never see them again. As I said last week, not only have you buried your feelings, but you take a lot of pride in the fact that you can control your feelings, that you don't let your feelings run amok like those needy, emotional people who can't control themselves. Yep, again, that's a common refrain of our BFFs. We do it better because we can control our emotions. Or so we think. But in reality, those feelings come out via our anxiety, anger, frustration, and passive aggressiveness. The truth is, it's not about the feeling. The feeling is a natural response. My sadness and disappointment about mom not being here for Easter is just that. It's a natural physiological response. The problem is that in our society and in our high-functioning anxiety brains, we've linked that feeling to action. If I feel sad, that means I have to take action on that feeling. That is a myth. We do not have to take action on our feelings. All we have to do is acknowledge they're there and soften into them. I can acknowledge the sadness and give my mom a big hug and be thrilled for her to go visit her friend. Both can be true. Just because I'll be disappointed that my mom won't be here for Easter doesn't mean that anything about her Easter plans needs to change, or that she needs to feel badly for going to visit her friend, or that I need to feel shame for feeling sad and disappointed. This is the part we get mixed up. We mistakenly believe that if we acknowledge the sadness, then we need to fix it. We need to do something to not feel sad anymore. Nope. Sadness is a natural response. And when we can acknowledge it and soften into it, we can get to the other side so much faster. Here's what we tend to do, and definitely what I would have done in the past. My mom announces she's not going to be here for Easter. 
I feel sad and disappointed and then tell myself to get over it. As the days and weeks go along, I keep telling myself to get over it. Don't be so sensitive. She's a grown woman who can make her own choices. Blah, blah, blah. Then right before Easter, she's talking about her trip. And I say something passive aggressive like, must be nice to be traveling over the holiday. We'll certainly miss you as we color eggs all alone. Or maybe I might even be more indirect and just complain to my husband over and over and over again about how my mom is ditching me for Easter and it becomes this very big deal. When in reality, it's not. Often with clients, I will talk about having a 10 reaction to a two situation. When our mongers are running the show and we aren't acknowledging our feelings, we will take a benign situation and blow it up to be huge. So the situation with my mom goes from being simply disappointed to questioning whether she really loves me at all. This is what happens when we don't give ourselves permission to feel. When we confuse the natural response of acknowledging our feelings with demanding a behavior change. Okay, so what if this is a situation where I do have a response? What if it isn't Easter, which is a minor holiday for my family, and instead it's Christmas, which is a major holiday for my family? What if my mom decided she wasn't going to do Christmas this year? Again, I would acknowledge the feelings, sadness, disappointment, anger, and confusion. Then I could step back and react. After acknowledging those feelings, I might decide to talk to mom and hear her thinking behind ditching Christmas. Since I had given myself permission to feel the sadness, disappointment, anger, and confusion, I can relatively calmly listen to her side of the story. And we can figure out a way around it. Maybe she wants to ditch Christmas because she feels unappreciated, or it's too much, or she just wants to go somewhere warm. Whatever the reason, when we can allow our emotions and recognize that our emotions don't dictate our behavior, we can have a much calmer discussion. The power of acknowledging our emotions is why the idea of, quote, changing your thoughts or fixing your mindset never work. Because all day Sunday, I was trying to change my thoughts and fix my mindset. I kept telling myself to be grateful for all the years I had Easter with my mom, to give her a break. She could do whatever she wants. And it's just a thought that I want to spend Easter with my mom. None of those mindset ideas worked until I acknowledged my feelings. Until that moment in the car when my husband said, so what? I hadn't softened into anything. I was so busy trying to unsuccessfully change my mindset. Once he reminded me I had permission to feel and that it wasn't linked to my actions or behavior, I was able to see the whole situation differently. I didn't have to convince myself that I was wrong or that mom was right. Both could be true. I could be sad. She could go to California and the world could keep turning. Grudges, drama, passive aggressiveness are all caused by shaming ourselves for our feelings. Trying to jump too quickly into changing our mindset or thinking that having an emotion means we get to react to it. Recently, I was watching the TV show Tommy, which is about the first female LAPD chief. At one point, Tommy's daughter confronts her and says, there's always going to be a part of me that wishes my life was more important than the 4 million citizens you keep safe. And I know their lives are more important. But as your daughter, I wish you put me first. And I feel selfish and embarrassed saying that. But there it is. And Tommy, her mom, who's played by Edie Falco, smiled and hugged her and said, thank you so much for saying that. Honestly, I appreciate you sharing it with me. I loved this scene because the daughter shared all the messiness of feelings, the irrationality, the embarrassment, and her mom just listened. 
She didn't get defensive. She didn't start drama or get petty. They both recognized that having a feeling does not mean there needs to be an action or a reaction. Sometimes it's just about acknowledging the feeling in all its messiness. I think one of the things we hate about feelings is they're messy. They're out of control. They're a major unknown. So my challenge to you is to own that. Own that they're messy and scary. We spend way too much of our time running from them, and all that is doing is causing anxiety. So let's try it a different way. Let's lean into those biological responses rather than futilely pretending they just don't exist. Helping people with high-functioning anxiety is a personal mission for me. I have a special place in my heart for this struggle because it's both something I dealt with unknowingly for years and because it silently affects so many people who think this is just how it is. But this isn't how it is. The constant questioning, doubting, and rehearsing, all while handling everything, checking stuff off the to-do list, and never letting them see you sweat. There is hope if you struggle with high-functioning anxiety. It doesn't have to be this way. You can reduce your anxiety and keep your edge. You can have less self-doubt and still get a ton done. We've been sold the lie that our anxiety and our drive to succeed are the same thing. Through my Coaching Your Pocket program, I have seen my clients make major shifts when they learn how to quiet their anxiety. Their passions and interests actually increase. They have new clarity that they never had before. Over the course of the three-month Coach in Your Pocket program, we meet once a month for a face-to-face session via a secure video chat. And then throughout the entire three months, you have access to me anytime you're feeling anxious, having a monger attack, celebrating a win, or you just need to check in. And I'll respond to you during my office hours, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. I've been doing this work for over 20 years, and Coach in Your Pocket is the most effective and most life-changing work I've ever done. One client recently said, wow, I've only been working with you for three days, and I already see my life completely differently. My clients are consistently blown away by how these daily check-ins combined with the monthly face-to-face video meetings create slow, lasting changes that reprogram their high-functioning anxiety tendencies over time. Ready to get started? Email me, nancyjane at live-happier.com, and we'll set up a free 30-minute consultation to see if this process is a good fit for you. Again, reach out at nancyjane at live-happier.com. Do you know someone who struggles with high-functioning anxiety? Please share this podcast with them. You can send them a link to the show website, live-happier.com backslash podcast, or encourage them to listen via Apple Podcasts, Overcast for Apple phones, or Stitcher and Google Podcasts for Androids. For those of us with HFA, we can feel so alone, and asking for help is freaking hard. Hearing from a trusted friend about a helpful resource can be a godsend, so don't underestimate the power in sharing. 